Vodka. 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 Hey everyone, it's Amber Love and you're listening to Vodka Clock Podcast from AmberUnmasked.com. So today is um, one of my dearest friends, Mark Stegbauer, who's a comic book artist, and um, finally wrangled him onto the show because he's ridiculously busy all the time. So um, Mark's finally agreed to be here. And uh, But don't forget, uh, we can be explicit, and the website is explicit, so if you're under 18, you probably shouldn't be here. So Mark, welcome aboard to the crazy train. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Finally, nice to, to be here. You know, after too many, you know, times of not being able to come on and all that sort of stuff. So it's like, hey, look, I actually have time to do something. I know. I was really, really surprised when you said that you had a Saturday available. Well, I I usually do. I mean, I've been lucky that I kind of am able to get most weekends off now from work. But um, it's usually, I usually spend it, like, with my fiance and we have our daughter. It's like, okay, family weekend, let's go do stuff and that's pretty much what all you know our whole summer's been and apart from when I've had the occasional show here and there and you know things where it's like okay the weather sucks well let's do some stuff here at home but uh yeah it was it's kind of like one of those rare times where it's like hey I have time to you know do yep. stuff so so here you are I am I'm here and um you you are on the flip side of running a kickstarter campaign and I know other people are, like, just starting there. There's always Kickstarters going on. Um, so we're going to talk about that. It was your Dr. Goyle uh, comic book series. Correct. And um, it was a very charming, adorable, all-ages comic book um, that, you know, we try to get the word out as best as we can when the campaign is running. And um, you did, you know, you did reach goal. And yep. with uh, a little extra, which was which a, is always nice. Yeah, with a little bit extra. So, uh, so explain to the good folks what Doctor Goyle is and who he is and why they should have read it and, and order it now. Um, well, pretty much back in in ninety nine, ninety eight, uh, I was working with Mike Norton, who everyone you know loves because of his great online comic Battle Pug and all the other stuff he does, like Revival and you know uh, It Girl in the Atomics. Well, we were doing some uh, work on The Badger when it was at Image Comics. And, you know, we were just like, you know, why don't we do some of our own stuff, you know? How about, you know, if we... There's not not enough comics out there that were, you know, aimed towards kids. Everything was still kind of in that dark, gritty, you know, stuff that was going on between Marvel, DC, and, I mean, the comic industry was still reeling from, you know, damn near total collapse and... Like, oh, how about we do something like this? And we just kind of started coming up with ideas. And, you know, late one night I was just kind of, you know, coming up with stuff and watching, you know, The Tick on, you know, when that was on Saturday mornings, watching some of that. And I thought, how about something like this? You know, kind of a superhero type guy who's not really a superhero, but he's, you know, he's got some, maybe some monsters, kind of a monster fighter. And what if he kind of looks like a monster? And so we just, you know, I just started coming up with ideas and giving them to Mike. And pretty much we, you know, Dr. Goyle was born. He's pretty, he's a, uh, you know, he's an ancient wizard who, you know, was a monster fighter and got turned into a stone gargoyle, but luckily for him, you know, he, you know, when he got turned into a stone gargoyle, he fell on all his magical chemicals and was able to gain, you know, uh, motion and movement, but he was trapped. So he still, you know, continued to fight monsters and, you know, 
went to, you know, try to learn how to undo, you know, the spell, but, you know, and really pretty much found out he couldn't, so instead he just kept learning about everything and being, you know, super smart. And he uh, has this a sidekick named uh, Wilbur, who's a super genius, and they uh, work out of the Kirbytronics laboratory and, you know, fight monsters and supervillains and pretty much I kind of took my love of the early Scooby-Doo episodes that I always used to watch when I was a kid and sure. threw a little bit of uh, Johnny Quest super technology in there and, you know, my love of all things Kirby and, you know, monster fighting and just, you know, wanted to make it humorous and have it be funny, you know, have something that wasn't, you know, all, you know, dark and scary and just be like, okay, let's have some fun with monsters. Let's have the, just goofy monsters. So, it never gets old to me. Never. No, well, it's, it's more fun, too, to come up with, like, really goofy monsters than, you know, than having, like, oh, look, here's a, you know, here's another vampire or another werewolf. It's like, so we, you know, we just come up and have all sorts of, like, different weird monsters. I mean, we had a giant woolly bear caterpillar in the first issue we ever did, and that was the monster, you know, that it attacked the World Wool Expo. I mean, who else is going to write that stuff but me? <laughs> but, That's awesome. Yeah, there was there was there was some alcohol involved, I think, in, in doing that first issue of just some of the stuff that I was coming up with. It was like, damn, this would be really good. Just write this down. Well, yeah. one of one of my curiosities about uh, storytellers is where they get their ideas. Like, where you know, because uh, there's there's a debate as to whether or not you can force the art. You know, whether you know, it's like the when you're when it's dictated you want to you want to write or you want to draw or whatever just sit down and do it just sit down and do it it's like so you sit down and if you you know you i don't want to say that it's writer's block necessarily but sometimes the ideas just don't they're not there that day yeah it's well i know for me it's like i've always now that i do a weekly a weekly webcomic um coming up with ideas is it's not always easy i mean especially if you're doing something that's, you know, kind of like a one-shot idea each time you're doing it. I mean, that's the one thing I wanted to do with Dr. Goy was make them all, you know, standalone issues, that you didn't have to buy all of them to figure out what was going on. You know, each one was a self-contained story. And and that's, that's a lot to come up with. Yeah, I mean, because you got to, you know, you have your, you got to come up with your beginning, middle, and end. you got to have it wrapped up in 22 pages or, you know, however long you're going to do it. And a lot of it was just like, you know, it's, it's weird. Some of it just, you know, some ideas that just kind of boom pops in my head. It's like, oh, wow, that'd be great, you know, or I don't think anybody's done this. And then other times you're just there going, oh, God, what am I going to do? And no, 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 you know, you're just gritting your teeth and, you know, hoping you can pull something out of your ass in time to get it done. <laughs> there have been, there's been many times with, with, with my webcomic that I've, you know, like okay, this thing posts up on Wednesday. Okay, it's Tuesday night at nine o'clock. I gotta come up with something like right now. Well, oh my goodness, yeah, I can't yeah. even imagine. I, I can't imagine. So the webcomic we're talking about is Pub Dread, and you can uh, find that very easily because like you're in your studio, like every day is a different a different person's strip is going up. Pretty basically, much. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's. I've always got, I've got way too many things, you know, way too many, what they call way too many irons in the fire right now. I mean, I can be working on my, I can be probably working on Top Dread, I can be working on Dr. Goyle, I can be working on any of the three or four books that I'm inking, you know, at any, at any time. It's, you know, 
it's it's never boring because at least I always have something different to work on, you know. Right. But you know, and it's always kind of nice because at least I can if I'm stuck on one thing, you know, like okay, God, I can't come up with an idea for this. Okay, I'll come over here and draw this for a little while, or I'll like this and. You know, something will pop in my head. It's like, okay, great. Write that down real quick here. Finish what you're working on. So at least you have that written down so you're not like going, oh, God, what was that great idea? You know, and then you're trying to figure it out for, you know, two hours what the hell that idea was. And, you know, trying not to, you know, have an aneurysm. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, just life gets in the way. You know, you could be sick or, you know. Yeah. Something where your job schedule could get in the way or your kid can be sick or whatever it is and um and i know when it comes to web comics people feel this incredible pressure to stay on schedule and a lot of times they'll have a bunch of stuff already you know they'll have the cushion i remember yeah. with uh kevin freeman uh he had subculture he and uh stan his uh, artist and yeah um they had like a good eight week cushion in there and then it was one of those things where it's like, oh, thank God, I just need a break. I just need a mental break. And then, like, you know, one week off becomes, like, two weeks off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I said that about mid, mid-May, um, I had moved. Me and my fiance moved into our house, and I had the weekend we were moving. I also had a big con uh, that weekend up in Minneapolis. And, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't get back to all this time, and then i got to move and do all this. And it's like. I'm not going to have time to do these things. So I did, like, four weeks of, like, pub dread and, you know, was ahead. And, unfortunately, those four weeks never got posted due to, a you know, a communication error between me and the people who were, you know, who were helping them help me post the, the strips. And it's like, so I go back and, like, looking at, like, week three, and I'm like, hey, here's this one from three weeks ago. It's like, did any of these get put up? It's like, oh, geez, man, I totally forgot. And it's like, oh, God, you know. So I'm there, it's like, well, so much for my cushion, and, you know, so I'm there trying to get a couple more done so I can, you know, get all these posted at once and get a couple more up, so it's like, okay. Well, but, the good uh, thing if the if a website is set up uh, easy to use is that when you discover a webcomic, you just, you know, go back to the beginning or, you know, try to find a chapter break or something and pick up, pick up at any time, even if you weren't a reader, you know. I don't, I don't, because I like to read more in like a, a digest and you know, to, to just get more story at once instead of like little tastes here and there, yeah. I'll, you know, it'll be like, okay, you know, I haven't visited that webcomic in like a month. Let me go back and catch up. Yeah. I've, I've been finding that having that problem because I'm like so behind on a couple that I read. It's like, Oh God, if I try and go back now, I have no clue where I even stopped. And luckily some of the ones I like, you know, they, you know, the creator's, put together, you know, collections in print every, you know, like once a year. So, so, yeah, it's so, so great. Oh, I'll just get it then. And, I love it. And, and then, you know, and it gives you something to, to when you see them at conventions and stuff. It's like um, when a Comic Geek Speak has their, has the super show or Wild Pig or whatever, and it's, you know, this wonderful collective of all the indie creators, and they have all got their trades. And it's like, I'd rather just like, I, I love it. Just go up spend 15, 20 bucks on somebody's paperback, get them, they, you know, they're usually doodle something on the inside. Oh, yeah. It's so great. Yeah, that, that's, that's been really nice to do. I mean, I'm hoping to kind of do that when, uh, when I finish the first year of Pub Dread in, in like, uh, December. I would, I'm going to try and, you know, find some way to get them all collected and, you know, do a, 
a print version of all of them. Um, add some little bonus stuff in because there's some stuff. Because on my on my personal website, stegart.com, I actually have a gallery of uh, I put all the pub dreads up there uh, every week as well. And also there's like some, you know, there's like uh, logo designs that I did, and you know, some character designs that you know never have never been seen yet into you know into the strips, and uh, you know there's some extra little goodies there. But I also got some other stuff that I haven't you know shown yet that I'm kind of saving for that uh, collection if and if and when it uh, does appear. Because I mean that's the kind of stuff I really like is all the kind of the behind the scenes extras. Yeah, extras yeah. are fun. Sort of like commentary on uh, you know on on tracks. On uh, DVDs, that's fun. I like seeing seeing the thought process, which is why I podcast about it because I just think it's you know it's fun to delve into. And I you know I can remember as a kid the first time I ever saw a comic, I was clueless as to how a comic could be made. I had no idea that it was more than one person involved. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't yeah. you know it was I opened the book, I saw pictures. Yeah, <laughs> and I knew a little bit about it, but it wasn't until I saw I actually went to. Uh, a con. I, actually, I lived down in California for a couple of years, and the first year I was there, I went to the San Diego con. And, you know, I'm there walking around, and, you know, like, wow, it's like I'm seeing, you know, I actually saw publisher booths. I mean, DC's booth was, like, smaller than my living room of my house. They had, like, four tables that were, like, you know, so it was, like, a cube and Must have been know, a bunch of different people. And it was, it was really cool. And Marvel was, like, right next to them, and Marvel's booth was, like, this just long part of a wall, and they had like a bunch of tables set up. And I'm watching like, and at the DC booth, there's you know Jack Kirby is signing comics, and like on a table next to him is like Alan Moore was there, you know, autographing comics. It was like his first U.S. appearance. And on the other side, Gil Kane is there drawing like a Green Lantern, and everyone's watching him do this, and he's doing like this Green Lantern. And he's inking it with a sharpie on this piece of board that's like you know a foot and a half by, like, two feet, and it's like, holy crap, and, you know, I was actually watching him do this, and it's like, wow, you know, that was kind of my first of, like, here's somebody drawing the comic. That's you so know. cool. What, a, what an amazing experience to have is, like, something so early on for you. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the one thing, because, I mean, I had, I loved comics, I mean, as a kid, it was, like, one of the first things I was, you know, reading, and, you know, I always kind of wanted, you know, I loved art and drawing, and, I mean, pretty much at the at the age of like ten, I'm like, oh, God, I really would love to draw comics. And my parents were like, well, you know, it's not something. It's like it's not like you can't do that. And, you know, so I would just like you know, copy pieces out of comics and you know, draw characters and this and that. And luckily for me, you know, I was able to meet creators and you know through the comic shop owners of the comic stores I went to, and you know, it was kind of like this whole. Here, meet these people. I'll introduce you to these people. You know, these actual comic, and they can kind of talk to you about stuff. It's like, wow, this is awesome. You know, it was like kind of like the rock star treatment. That's really amazing. We that's we love seeing seeing kids, uh, you know, of all sorts of you know ages, wander into into comic fusion because um, it's it's usually that their parents are bringing them. They bring their babies. I mean, now they start them so young, and uh, you know, when there's great things out there like uh, anything Art and Franco do. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, those, those guys rock. I, I met Art at a show uh, in Elgin, Illinois uh, back in July. And, you know, we were just talking about stuff and this and that. And, you know, 
he's very receptive and you know to he's actually very receptive too to because with the the oh yeah comics and they're like going hey you know we're taking submissions so I'm actually gonna I got a couple of little stories I wrote up that I'm gonna see if they're interested in but I mean I love their all that stuff that they've been doing is fantastic because they can you know take any character and just make it you know kid friendly without dumbing right. it down for adults as well I mean I love all those things to do because I can look at it and go. This is fantastic. I mean, it's it's entertainment. It's that's what comics are. They're enter, they're forms of entertainment, and they entertain. I'm always just absolutely in awe when I see that, like the fact that there's Archie and Kiss in the same book, and I haven't read them, but I know that this exists. And I'm like, you know, I I don't know what the Kiss comics were like. I don't know if they're humor or what you know what they are. But when I think of, you know. Sort of like the monkeys, like because the monkeys, you know, had a TV show and stuff like that. When I think about how they they take, you know, this element from one area of entertainment and then they turn it into something completely different, like oh sure, here's this heavy metal rock band that you know people think are Satanists, and we're gonna put them in Archie comics. You know, yeah. it's and it works and it's successful. Oh yeah, well that's it's it's. You know, that's the one thing I think that the bigger companies like Marvel and DC are not really kind of realizing is that, you know, fans, you know, are not stupid. They don't, you know, you don't just have to say, oh, well, we're going to do this and they're going to buy it. Not necessarily. If you do something, a good comic, yes, you know, they will be bought because, you know, the, the fans will look and go, wow, this is really good. I like this. But if you're going to say, oh, we're going to do this, you know, and we'll get it because they have no choice, wrong. They will. They have a choice. They'll be like, yeah, I'm not buying it because it's garbage. You know, that's the one thing that really inspired me to make Dr. Goyle is that there wasn't really anything for kids. And I knew, you know, being a fan of comics, I saw what was going on, you know, in the 90s. I mean, I worked at Marvel. I worked at DC. And, you know, yeah, it was great to be working in ink and books and stuff like that. But still, I could see it's like, you know, as a fan, it's like, God, I wouldn't buy this crap. You know, it was like they weren't looking at stuff and saying, what do the fans want? You know, right? what do, what do fans really want? It's like, yeah, these, a lot of people like Spider-Man, but, you know, are, you know, 25 Spider-Man books necessary? Probably not. Yeah, people you always know. say that about Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Batman. You know, it's like it gets... You know, why isn't there anything else? Why isn't there anything original? And the, I mean, the cool thing about a character like Spider-Man is because you can take this broad range. You can, yeah. you can do a, a grittier, darker Spider-Man for, you know, adults, and then you can, you know, have the, the Marvel Adventures for kids oh, yeah. version and stuff like that. And, but there's no reason that other characters can't go through that as well. That's why cartoons are so, uh, you know, to me it's mind-boggling. I'm like, you, you pull this stuff off when you make an animated series like Wonder Woman, who had a yeah. great freaking animated movie, and then I you have go, yet to see that, but I heard it's just awesome as hell. It's it is, and I've missed a lot of those animated movies. Animated. I've missed a lot of them too. I really, now, I really have. Well, now is like you know the fact that you know Amazon Prime has so much good stuff on it. It's like, going, oh yeah, I think I need to get caught up on some of this. Yeah, and then you know. But it's like for for the you know this one Wonder Woman animated series, 
there's like she has one title. I think she might appear in something else. Like somebody, somebody was just writing how she made an appearance in the Smallville comic. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same continuity. I have no idea. Um, but you know, then there's the constant every single day. There's a new article on, and I love that it's like literally going mainstream like articles on cnn or the guardian or whatever like talking about why isn't there a wonder woman movie yet it's like it's not just our nerd blogs yelling about about the uh complete imbalance between characters like we've seen batman we've seen superman and you know wonder woman is one of these characters that you could have a kid's version of and have a a younger audience comic series and you could have her regular because it can be a very violent book you could oh, have, yeah. you know you keep the adult version that's the you know one of my my friends was saying he's like wonder woman is a hard balance for that reason because if you make it too um kid friendly the adults are going to get pissed and if you make it you know the opposite then you know like people are saying like oh i can't give this wonder woman comic to my daughter now and yeah. which is a shame because i, I guess grant morrison's writing it yeah, so well, that's well. That's the one thing. I mean, when I was be violent. Yeah, well, that was the one thing when I was doing. One of the big things that really pushed me to create to create Doctor Oil was the fact that I'm like, you know, I looked at the comic industry, and it was like, you know, here's what we're we're seeing is like, you know, there weren't new readers coming in. There wasn't anything. There were a few. I mean, there were a few good, you know, kid friendly books out there. Being Bone, Bone was still going on. You know, you know, there were a couple here and there, but as far as new readership, which was needed at that time, you know, in the late 90s of trying to get people back into reading comics, especially, you know, younger kids, there was, there was hardly anything. And, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of other creators were like, oh, you know, we're thinking the same thing. It's like, you know, what are we going to do? Because, you know, those, the kids are right now, it's like, oh, they got video games, they got this, they don't need comics, you know. They, they can read comics when they're younger, and then they'll be like, eh, I don't need this. You know, I want my instant gratification, you know, through video games or something else. I'm not going to read comics. And the key was, like, you know, you got to get, you know, get the kids in young and let them know that, hey, there's lots of comics you can keep reading, you know, however many years you want to do it, you know. But, you know, here's the, you want to have enough for for them to be able to, you know, decide what they want to get. You don't want to be like, oh, here's all the only five you get, you know. Right. And now, like, let's talk about how you as a creator address this because Dr. Goyle is for all ages. And then you've got Pub Dread, which you can see is it's not going to be – I don't think your content's going to be nearly as adult as Buffy, but at the same time you, you talk about adult things like, you know, their jobs. You know, a kid might not – care about reading you know about somebody's job no matter how funny it is like what's this vampire doing today or what you know what's the what's cthulhu up to <laughs> yeah that was the one thing with what i wanted to do was with pub dread was i you know it was always my kind of favorite thing was uh, watching deep space nine and seeing quark's bar because you had like you know you had all these aliens going there it's like okay well you know what what is a what is a pub to this alien like you know what is a pub to this alien you know what is it what is their experience that they you know that they look for when they go to a pub it's like and to them it's like what is a pub to them you know is it you know some sort of 
place to relax? Is it some sort of religious experience? I know for some people it's a religious experience, but thank <laughs> right. God there's alcohol. Exactly. But yeah, and that's kind of what I thought. It's like because I wanted, I've always wanted to do something that was, you know, for me a lot of times creating stuff, it's like it's all about names. You know, this coming, taking words, putting them together, and go. You know, what could you do with, like, these two words? Like, this sounds kind of cool. What, you know, what would be here? And I was thinking, I saw something that was, like, talking about, it was a movie, it was called Club Dread, and it was, like, some horror slasher flick or something. And I thought, you know, it almost, it's like, that would be the name of, like, a bar would be, like, Pub Dread, I thought. You know, that would actually make kind of a cool web, you know, make kind of a cool comic. And I originally hadn't really thought about doing it as a web comic. And I'm like, you know, well, maybe for, you know, for time's sake and, you know, just do it, I could do it as a webcomic and, you know, and I just kind of thought, what, well, what would, you know, monsters do, you know, kind of like how the whole Monsters Inc. thing was, what do they do? Oh, they go and, you know, they go and clock in at a job and their job is to scare kids. You know, well, what if that was the same with all monsters? You know, what if you had like, you know, the serial killer, what do they do when they're not out, you know, mass murdering people? You know, what do, you know, vampires do? And just kind of all the, the gamut of, well, not all vampires are going to be like this, you know, not all, you know, werewolves will be like this, and just different creatures. And I just started coming up with names and creatures, and I go, okay, obviously this kind of guy would do, like, with the, like, Chuck Thulu, you know, I thought, that would have to be, you know, something like, that's great, you know, I thought, this guy would have to be middle management. He would just have to be stuck in somewhere where like, he just deals with, like, you know, the crap. You know, it's like everything falls on him to take care of. You know, it's like, yep, that's middle management. You know, definitely. And that would have to be him. You know, it's like put a tie on him, put a name tag on him. Yeah, I know. I love that. I love that you see like um like a suit and tie and then the tentacles. And it's like, and it you've got the sort of the, like the, not Charlie Brown, more like the, the Tom and Jerry perspective of like you're only seeing like what the average character's height is. Yeah. So you're not gonna, you're not seeing this whole body in the frame ever. And a lot of that I thought was was kind of almost part of me being lazy, but I thought it's like it would work the best because it's like, you know how how would uh, you know you wouldn't be able to see him. I mean, Cthulhu was supposed to be like you know huge and just you know greater than all, and just like going, well, fine. Here's what you're gonna see then in you know, this one space, you know. And a lot of other characters too. I mean, when I thought of you know. My my favorite one I always like to do though is I've had a couple people who've, who've seen the strip. Their favorite is a uh, Roger the serial killer short order cook, just because of the yeah. you know the lack of expression because you know he's he's just got this mask on you don't see anything. And when I was originally kind of coming up with him, I was like doodling in a sketchbook, and I kind of my friend Stacy who does a great web comic called uh, Tribute Waters. Um. I was just drawing, I started drawing, like, different things I drew, like, one of him, like, with kind of, like, this tiki head, and then I drew one of them, like, with this tutu on, she goes, oh, my God, you could, like, make paper dolls of him, you know, and just have all these little things on there, and that's kind of how Roger, like, developed with this expressionless face, but it's just, like, okay, here's a guy who actually does all sorts of other things besides, you know, being a serial killer and short order cook. Yeah, it's so it's that reminds me of um one of the web comics that I love is Kirby Mil- Miller Serial Killer. <laughs> and I've never heard of that. That's awesome. It's so simple. Like the teddy bear is evil and satanic has like, you know, so it's like this cute teddy bear but with horns and he's very evil. 
and it's all black and white lines, like no, you know, nothing fancy as far as that goes. And when Kirby is in is in the panel, it's it's sort of like you can tell that it's just like taking the character, you know, copying and dumping him because it's all about the human the the interaction between them and the humor that that happens in their um just their banter, you know, about this guy talking to this satanic teddy bear. Uh, without without needing a lot of uh, like interpretations of art. Even the lettering, it's like there's no balloons, it's just the the font and a line drawn yeah. to which one of them is speaking. And you know, it's it's just so clever. So, I mean, that's that's kind of like pub dread, it's like there's a way that you've taken it, and it's it's like that a single camera TV show, like The Office or Parks yeah. and Rec or whatever. Well, it's a, a big of that I really like was one of my favorite ones was um, uh, a strip that always was appearing in The Onion, uh, just called Red Meat, and all it was was like these stock little drawings that would be just put in there, and it would all all that would be changed would be like the dialogue. And I'm like, because I kind of wanted to do just very simple, always kind of the same point of view, you know, very, you know, limited amount of characters and just, you know, start doing stuff around these. And it's, it's, it's really seemed to work. I mean, I've added like probably one or two other little characters here and there that have just been kind of, you know, there's kind of a little break from, you know, the main ones just to kind of change it up a little bit. Because you can only do so many strips with, you know, Chuck Thulu, you know, but row. you've got a cast of characters, at least. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, but also, too, it's nice to change up and throw different ones in. I mean, I had the, uh, had one of a werewolf just for one thing. That was uh, kind of fun. And I've had a zombie character now show up, like, twice. And, you know, but, I mean, my, my, one of my, my favorite ones to kind of do now lately is uh, Fill the Blob, just because, you know, it's this little, this little blob with eyes, and you know, and just some of the ideas I've been able to do. It's like with him has been this, like, God, you know, I can almost make a strip of just him, just of all this other crazy stuff. It's like I think I would just go nuts. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun to take, you know, to take that those elements of horror. That's why I tweeted the other day because it's sort of, it dawned on me, it, like every once in a while, because I end up at at things like the horror conventions. And I'm like, why am I at this convention? Like, I don't know any of this stuff. And then, you know, luckily I'll know artists who still love things like the old Universal Monsters. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's, for me, that's the stuff I love. I can't stand any of this new horror stuff. I'm so, really, yeah, I just, like, all, just I like, cringe at this new stuff. I can't, and I can't sit through it. And, you know, I'm just like, I am the biggest pansy. Like, I am afraid of everything. And I I can't watch certain things, like, if it's too dark. Like, I can't watch Supernatural at night. And Supernatural, come on. I mean, it's, you know, it's like Buffy. It's, yeah. it's not like it's that bad, but there are times with, just, like, the way they film it, and it's it's creepy enough and it's dark enough, and I'm just, I can't do it. And even even shows that are, it's, they're all about suspense, like Medium. I can't, I can't deal with this stuff if it's, you know, when I'm right before bed. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta, if I've been watching a marathon of medium or something like that, I need to put on like an episode of Psych 
right before I fall asleep. Yeah, just to have something lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, have something. Yeah. Up there with night terrors. Yeah. So that's why when when I tweeted the other day about I'm like I'm like if you guys like horror the way that I like horror, which is not horror. <laughs> I'm like I like I need I need this sense of humor in it with with supernatural stuff. Yeah. Well, one well one character I actually had to come up with because I have a of a person I had worked with. Um, I was was Gilbert, or I should say Count Gilbert, as he likes to be called. Right, right. Because um, somebody I, I used to work with was like just was a Twilight fan beyond all Twilight fans. I mean, just it was like, oh my god! This I'm like, really? You know, if Bella Lugosi were alive, you'd be slapping the crap out of him. I know the yeah. whole like Edward Cullen and meets Blade thing. It's like, yeah, it's like we need that to happen. We need Blade. Like, let's do it. <laughs> You know, but I mean, I just had to come up. It's like I had to come up with a vampire character that was just annoying as hell. That was just like, oh god, can you just please leave? You know, and it wasn't it wasn't so much like you know, annoying in a in a in a way that was like, oh, nobody understands. It was like, no, he's just annoying. You know, it's like just a snot little you know punk who's like just like, oh well, da 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 da. I'm a vampire. It's like, yeah, so what? You know, big deal. Yeah, it's like, it's not special here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just like, nobody cares, you know. But it's, it, I think coming up with the, with the, with the strips for him are more fun because it's like, okay, what just kind of, you know, snide comment can I make? What kind of, uh, you know, things can I do that's just, that can make him look like a complete and utter idiot, you know? Like, oh, yeah, this will work, you know. Like this last week's strip when I had him, you know, eating a piece of garlic bread on a dare, and he's like, you know, face is like puffed up, distorted, and yeah. you know, grotesque. I'm like, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yep, because that's the sort of thing that, you know, in our reality TV-centric world that would happen, you know. you know. Well, even, even before that, I think uh, uh, people did stupid dares, eating goldfish and fried worms and whatever. Yeah. Um, how has, uh, because basically at this point, since you're, you're living together, you're a parent now. Um, so how has that changed anything? Because this, from what I understand, I mean, this, these are the kind of stories you would have told, um, you know, if you were just a single bachelor living on your own and stuff like that. But yet, so I don't know how much, if anything, was influenced by um, having this new family. Not, not a huge Jamout really was influenced. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty sudden. I mean, my my fiance Jen and I have only been together for a little over a year, and we just kind of moved in just this last May. You know, but I mean, we are very you know mindful of what you know influences are out there. I mean, I only show you know her daughter, you know Emily, you know the kind of the, the things that you know I feel are age appropriate for her. Um. You know, it's not one of those things like, oh, well, she's, you know, she's a kid. I'm just going to, you know, show her all the stuff I'm working on. I mean, some of the last stuff I work on is not, you know, kid-friendly, you know. But, you know, I make sure, you know, the Dr. Glow stuff, that I show her that. You know, some of the other stuff I want to develop, I want to, you know, let her see. But, you know, I've always been, I've always kind of been mindful of that and, you know, the stuff, the work that I do. Um, you know, whenever I've done conventions and commissions and stuff, you know, commissions and conventions, you know, there are certain things I won't do. I've had, I mean, I've turned down, you know, some, you know, commission requests because I didn't really feel 
comfortable with the the subject matter. And some of that's just you know was my personal choice. And people, oh come on, dude, you're an artist, you know, you know, it's you know, it's make a paycheck. It's like, well, yeah, there's make a paycheck, but there's also having to be comfort, you know comfortable with what you're drawing. Yeah, you have to be able to sleep at night. And if you yeah. if you won't be, then that's fine. Because I, I know there are plenty of artists who do where they you know they'll they'll take bizarre fetish porn requests or whatever and they, even if it's like don't put my name on it but here's your piece you know but other people won't they'll just they have their boundaries and that's not going to happen yeah well that's the one thing i mean for me growing up is you know i my parents were like pretty much like oh no you're not going to go see this art movie when you're you know 14 years old no you're, you're not going to do this they were you know they were parents in the truest sense of like i'm here to look out for you and your best interest and you know, this is how it's going to be, and if you don't like it, well, that's too bad for you. You know, I'm I'm here to be your parent, not your best friend, and do all this, and that's kind of how, you know, I've been. It's like it's just, you know, there's stuff that I like to do, and there's stuff that I don't like doing, and that's just how it is. It's like, you know, go down and see all these guys down this way in this art, you know, Rove Artist Alley. I'm sure they'll draw all that for you, and you know, be happy to do it, but I'll I'll take a pass on it. But um. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, the whole creating stuff and now, you know, being a parent, um, I don't think it's really, you know, all that different. I still, I mean, it, it's changed my my work habits a bit because now it's instead of, oh, yeah, I'm just going to hang out at home and, you know, I don't have anything to do. I'll just knock out three pages today and I'll just do this and, you know, oh, I don't have to hang out with anybody. I got a day off today. I'm going to, you know, I'll ink six pages and do all this and work, you know, 12 hours today, you know, it's, I really got to budget my time, you know, it's, it's, I have work and I come home and I have a family to take care of and, you know, spend time with and there's homework and, you know, there's stuff around the house, there's mowing the lawn and, you know, honeydew lists and you know, all that sort of domestic stuff. But I think overall it's actually, you know, made me a better creator as far as now that, you know, I'm a little more inspired with what I do and, you know, things like that. It's not so much, eh, do whatever, but I'm actually, you know, pushing myself to try and, you know, work faster and be better, which is good for any artist or any type of creative person, you know, be able to, you know, work faster and do good work is always a, a definite bonus. But uh, so, it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff, you know, I'm I'm, I'm digging it. It's good. It's good because I know. I mean, everybody's got ups and downs. Everybody's, you know, even like Frank Cho recently has been sort of cryptic in what he's putting on Facebook. But he's been, I don't know what's going on there. But there's ups and downs in his world. And you look at somebody like Frank Cho, and it's like, dude, you're on top of the world. What could what could be going wrong? But you just don't know. You might not know what's going on behind the scenes for somebody and their career. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 happened so often. I mean, I know. You know, creators who, yeah, they're doing great in there, you know, while they're doing all this work and they're going to these shows, but then it's like, but their home life is a mess because that's all they're doing. You know, they've, you know, they're like, well, this is what I'm doing. It's like, well, you're never home. I mean, somebody I used to work with at Marvel, you know, it was like, wow, we were doing really good and on some books and sales were great, but at home, his like, you know, it was, was just a mess, you know, is. He ended up getting divorced soon after, you know, the birth of, you know, about a year after the birth of his child. He and his wife split up, and, you know, it was just... That happens, unfortunately. 
Yeah, and that's and then with with being kind of a creative type, it's it's you know it's tough. I mean, I'm so very you know lucky that Jen is very supportive of of what I do, and you know, totally understands. Like, I know you have to have time for to do all this, and you know, that's cool. I want to give you that time, but also we need time from you, and you know, this and that. So she she understands, you know, both both sides of the coin that you know. You know things like that, so that's that's really cool. I mean, I've, uh, I've I've had a previous relationship where that wasn't so much the case. You know, it was yeah. It was like, oh, what do you mean? What are you doing this? It's like uh, this with this hobby of yours, and it's like, excuse me, hobby? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's twenty years. You can you can you can cut out that hobby shit. Yeah, though. unfortunately, when it's not like you're, you know, the paycheck that that people think is you know highest or whatever uh, but it, this even happened with modeling this really pissed me off yesterday some photographer got really douchey with me because of my my modeling rates and I mean mind you his messages to me were very nice and I told him you know no I'm not available during the week anymore because I have a day job now and he was just like oh well this is my job and I don't like to work on the weekends and I'm like, I, I just wanted to reach through the screen and throttle him because I'm like, dude, I've you know, been modeling for four years. I couldn't make a pass at, at, at any kind of living with how in, uh, unstable the work is, how it's like I'd have a great month and then a month of nothing because things run, they tend to run like school semesters, you know. I'm, I oh, yeah. work for a lot of art schools and museums and stuff. So it's like... You know, I could have a really good month, but then I could have a month of literally not one appointment. So, you know, it's like for this asshole to try and make me feel bad because I had to get a day job. I'm like, you know, fuck you, buddy. You know, it's like I know plenty of artists and writers who all have to have the suck day job. And hopefully it doesn't suck. I mean, a lot of the artists do graphic arts. At least they're somehow being creative somewhere along the line. You know, good for them. But, you know, hey, the rest of us do do whatever. I mean, do whatever yeah. gives you a paycheck and health benefits. Yeah. Well, that's exactly me. It's a, and that's kind of one reason why I started to do, I wanted to do the web comic and, you know, bring Dr. Goyle back was like, you know, a lot of it was so, it was becoming like very sporadic of trying to find inking work, much less, you know, inking work that was paying anything because so many people were like, oh yeah, you know, it's kind of unfortunate it's a royalty deal and this and that and we're not really making anything and but we really need you. And it's like, okay, you know, a lot of it was cool because I was, you know, working with friends. And I knew they weren't going to be the kind of people that's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make money and screw you on, you know, type of deals. Yeah, I mean, that's it, it doesn't the, – the things like The Walking Dead, I mean, those sort of successes are so rare. Oh, yeah. It's like you don't want to ever ruin a good working relationship or a good friendship just because you want to team up on a comic together. And – you know, and then somewhere along the line, you know, success hits and yeah. changes everything. Um, yeah. But it was also, I mean, as much fun as I have, you know, working with friends, I mean, right now, everything, all the projects I'm developing and working on are all with people I know and people I've worked with. And we're all like, well, you know, both of us going in on this, it's like there's not going to be any, you know, screwing over of money. It's like we both, if we make None money, of us have any, yeah. yeah. None of us have any. <laughs> So if we're going to make money, we're both going to make money. But uh, it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, I want to do comics. 
I want to make comics. Like, I can't depend on, you know, hoping that someone say, hey, we need an anchor on this, or, you know, because I had a couple of jobs that was like, well, we decided to just go and, you know, shoot from the pencils instead. It's like, oh, okay, great. And, you know, but doing the webcomic and doing some of this other stuff, it's like, you know, I'm a creator. I'm going to create my own stuff. That way, you know, I'm working. I'm working on I'm making the comics. I don't have to depend on anybody else to come to me and say, hey, want to make a comic with us? It's like, nope, I don't need to. I'm making my own. You know, and that's and what that's what's so great about I mean being a creator and kind of I think at this time is that you're not limited to working for Marvel, DC, whoever. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to go spend twenty dollars on a website, you know, twelve dollars on a domain name, and I'm going to make my comic. I'm going to put it up. You know, boom. I'm yeah, a, that's great. You know, it was it was so interesting because you know. A couple of weeks ago, some people were, you know, a lot of us were all talking on Twitter about different things, and, you know, especially with, you know, people who make comics, like, oh, how do I, how do I, you know, get in the comic biz? And my, my thing was like, here's my, you know, this was my, my uh, advice on, here's how you get into the comic biz. Make your comic, boom, you're in. You're now in the business, yeah. Now you're in the business. That's all there is to it, you know. Have your have whatever you know. Make your story, draw it, put it up somewhere. Be it print, be it on the web, you know. Be it, I don't care if it's on your Facebook page or your blog spot or whatever it is. Put it out. Congratulations, you're now a comic creator. Just do the work, you know. Just make your comic. You know, don't stand around. I'll be sitting around like, oh, I want to. Here's kind of my idea, but I don't know what. It's like, you know, get it done. Just, you know, put it together, get it done, get it out there, you're a creator. Keep doing it, you're a creator. You know, that's how you do it. You just got to keep going. You know, and it's taken me, you know, a long time to just kind of realize that too. It's like, you know, as many times where it was like, God, why isn't this, why is this not working? Why am I not doing it? It's like, just do it. You know, don't wait around for other people to, to, you know, do it with you. Do it yourself. You know, yeah, I mean it's collaborating it's, is great though. I was going to say it's a bit you know it's a bit different for somebody like you because you are a you are a creator in every aspect. You do the art and you are perfectly capable of writing your own stories. Whereas, you know, some of the rest of us only have one of those skills on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> um and but yeah, but that's when that's when the collaboration has to come up and we have to do things like, you know, just get to know each other and when you click with somebody you click and that's the beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I'm kind of lucky that, you know, the last, you know, the two years, it's kind of been weird to have people who's like, hey, I'd really like to work with you on something. It's like, huh? You know, it's like, yeah, would you would you want to draw something? And I'm like, huh? You know, because it's like, yeah, I mean, my artistic skills, I mean, they're not bad. I mean, I'm a really good anchor. My penciling, you know, not so much. But people say, well, I really like when you drew this. I mean, I drew that, you know, do-it-yourself guide to surviving the zombie apocalypse book, and all of a sudden after it's like, well, you do these awesome zombies, and they're really funny, and I'm like, okay, there's words I've never kind of thought people would, you know, associate me with, but okay, that, that, that's cool. Well, I'll, that's I'll so take, awesome. I'll, somebody I'll, else... I'll, well, I'll take my niche. Yeah. You know? somebody, somebody recognized something, and you didn't even know it was happening, so that's yeah. so cool. And it, and, it was, and it was a couple people, you know, it was the saying, well, you know, I really like how you 
you did this because you will you approach it with a very more you know lighthearted stuff, and you can do the kind of you know dark humor and I'm like, well, that's the thing. I, I, I try to find humor in everything. Sometimes it's not as appropriate as others, but, you know, I think, though, too, if you can't find, you know, humor in a lot of stuff, it's, you know, it makes you kind of angry. <laughs> well, um, let's uh, talk about conventions before uh, we wrap things up, because I, I know there's some people that have the opportunity to do a, an ass ton of conventions, and then some of us only do, like, a couple, maybe, or whatever, they just do one. Like, some people just do San Diego because it's so ridiculously expensive. Um, so what does your convention calendar look like in a normal year? Um, usually anywhere between four to seven. I know one year I had, you know, a, you know, a bunch going on. This year was a little bit limited as far as larger conventions, uh, but I'm doing a, a few smaller ones. Um, I've been doing, trying to do more local stuff, more Midwest, you know, stuff being out here in Wisconsin. And, you know, there's been a lot more stuff popping up around. So I've been kind of doing a few more of those. But uh, I always do um, Spring Con, which is what's called. It's up in uh, Minneapolis. It's every May. Big two-day convention. Awesome show. One of the, uh, the best shows around. I mean, it's run by fans. Um and their whole thing is it's about comics and the creators. It doesn't matter if you do, you know, a comic that you do on postcards that you, you know, print out of your basement. You know, if you say, hey, I'd like to come to your convention, they'll be like, sure, no problem. Here's your table. Glad to have you there. I mean, I got, I went there, started going there 20 years ago, you know, when I first started doing comics. This was before I even did stuff in Marvel and DC and, you know, couple of guys who were from Minneapolis, Peter Krause and Gordon Purcell, were like, hey, you should come to the show. And I've missed, like, two out of the last, you know, 23, you know, like 22 years I've been going. That's yeah. really cool. I mean, it's it's a fabulous show. They create, I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. You're treated with equal respect. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, indie, you know, Marvel, DC. And they bring in... That just sounds like remarkable. I mean, because I've the, the conventions that I've been to are so not like that at all. Like you've like oh, yeah. you've got your celebrity creators, and oh, then yeah. and then you've got everybody else that actually you know keeps oh, yeah. things running from day to day. I mean, the celebrity oh, yeah. creators have their place. They certainly do. I mean, they some, sometimes stardom seems to come overnight, but. Um, it's like you know, it's the guy. I always, I always think that this is so funny. It's the the guys who are struggling or whatever to in order in order just to pay for like a, a an artist alley table or a small press booth or something like that. But it's the guys who already have the success that are like given. Yeah, <laughs> like they're given the booth space or whatever. Yeah, that's what I always thought was interesting. But yeah, but I mean, SpringCon is just is fabulous. I mean, all the creators you get a free table. You know, a lot of times you'll end up, you know, splitting with people. You can, you know, you can request, like, hey, I'd like to sit next to, you know, my friend. Like, sure, no problem. We'll take care of you. And on Saturday night, they have a steak fry dinner where pretty much all the creators, it's like, here, we're going to feed you steak and come and hang out and just socialize and have a good time. Well, I know the Appleseed Con is is that welcoming and and everything, too. Like, everybody is just, you know, seems to be on the same kind of ground. And, you know, Zach runs a good show. Yeah, I've heard that one is uh, is pretty cool. I might have to look into that for for next year. And uh, yeah, and again, like they're you know they they only have I think a hundred tables 
for creators, but they don't pay for them. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's why they did things like have a Kickstarter in order to make sure that the expenses are covered some other way. Yeah. But I think that's, you know, that's, that's a great way because, I mean, it's, that's, you know, it shows that, hey, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, who you are. You're all, you know, you're part of this creative group, you know, and you're, you know, you are welcome to come and, you know, try to show people your that's, stuff. That's why that. I like it too. Yeah, because it's it, like you don't you don't even feel like the the terrible, you know, to bring it even up at this at this point, but the the gender issues that are going on, like, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're a female creator in comics. Oh, you know. Oh, that I'm so You're so you're only going to be on a panel when we have a women's in comics panel and, you know, it's like well, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's and yet you've worked for some of some of the greatest ones. Like I mean, like Laura Martin, and I mean, yeah, that's just so ridiculous. But yeah. it, but what's also I mean, what's great about you know, with with SpringCon too is that they bring in you know like golden silver age creators every year. You know, they they'll, they'll try and get some different ones. You know, all the time. You know, just so people can see. You know, like here, meet these people. These were the guys who started this stuff. You know, they were the ones who created the characters that you now see. I mean, they've had one year they had you know Ernie Chan, Alex Nino, and uh, Tony Dezaviga. All three of those guys were out one year, and they had a fabulous time. And everyone was like, "Oh man, these guys are here." I mean, they they were selling prints and doing sketches. I mean, these guys were making bank at the show. They're going, "We can't believe all these fans were coming to see us." It's like you guys are legends, you know. Why, why wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, they've had we've had you know Rich Buckler. Uh, we've had they had Pablo Marcos. They've had you know Keith Pollard. Just, I mean, the, the the Silver Age, you know, guys. They've had you know Golden Age guys. It's you know, and it's great because for creators who grew up, you know, seeing the art and reading you know the stories that all these guys did, it's like, hey, these are the guys who you know we want to meet too. You know, and hang out with and talk to. So it's it's always such a good time, and it's my favorite show every year to go to because I get to see you know friends. I mean, there are people up there I've known them for twenty years. I mean, we're all family now. You know, so it's 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 a great show. But I mean, that's it's kind of nice that you see more of those shows kind of springing up. So we're in uh, we're in September now. So your next show is somewhere in Cincinnati. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, I'm going to be doing uh, Cincy Comic Con, which is its first year. Uh, the Northern Kentucky Convention Center, which is odd. So the Northern Kentucky Convention Center. Yeah, it's like I am now, my geography skills are now exploding. Well, all you got to do is go across the river, which I guess is like two blocks away, and then you're in Kentucky. So it's. Wow, okay. It's that whole area. It's kind of, you know, it's like, it's Ohio, it's Kentucky, you know, we're just going to conglomerate and share crap, you know, whatever. But I'm doing that show. Then I have uh, Fall Con, which is Spring Con's one day show up in Minneapolis, and that'll be. October 5th. Uh, that's I try to do that pretty much every year as well. And then I'll be doing uh, Icon in Des Moines, Iowa for the first time uh, October 19th. So kind of branching out, doing some different shows. It's kind of nice that some of these are just, you know, I can drive to within a couple hours. And yeah, that's really nice. It's a, a one-day show, so it's so refreshing. <laughs> 
because it's like, oh, not like these uh, these other shows like Wizard that are expanding how many days they are, and it's like, no, yeah. no, no, you're, you're. I mean, I remember when they had them, they were three days, and I was like, well, we're doing premiere nights, so it's actually, you know, it's like the night before. Yeah, no, 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 it's too exhausting, and you have to take all these days off, and then you, you know, either you're taking days off of like your paying job, or you're taking days off away from doing your comics in, in the first place. So yeah. it's so course, those big yeah. shows, they're just too long. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing Baltimore, and you know, and even that's just like wow. Yeah, a friend of mine's doing. A couple friends of mine are doing Baltimore, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's like going to be just exhausting." It's like you're the one who chose to do it. <laughs> yeah, Baltimore is like the, such a great show, though. It's such a better city than. Like, I hear it's a lot. Of, I hear it's a lot of fun. Maybe maybe yeah. sometime I'll do that. There's a couple shows I would really like to do. I would love to do Emerald City because I hear that. Oh, me too. Spectacular. And yeah, there's such great people out there. Oh, I'd love to do that show. That and Heroes. I've never done Heroes Con. Yet. I've never done Heroes as well. I've heard some things that you know, some creators like yeah, I really love Heroes, and I was like, well, it's okay, but it's. Uh, but that would be Heroes would be kind of just a fun one to do. Yeah. But yeah, it's, but it's one of those things like going. Well, I only have so much money, and now with the Heck yeah. You know, an impending, you know, wedding, and I'm going, I want to go back to school, and, you know, and doing all this other stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, it's not like I'm just say, oh, I'm just going to use this money and go to a show. <laughs> right, right. Um, but let's get some, uh, let's get your websites and links and uh, and all of those places for people to find you. Um, the, you know, Mark Stegbauer is, uh, uh, they have to be able to spell that, I guess. But that's why I like that you're Anchor Mark on Twitter, because you, <laughs> I, rem- I remember you were debating about whether changing your Twitter name, and I'm like, but Anchor Mark can be spelled easily. I know, it's, it's, that's one, of, that's one thing, it's like, when I, I changed signing my name a few years back, and it's like. Yeah, it's just Stegg. I'm just going to Stegg, it's a little bit easier, less space to have to try and figure out, because. When you're doing, you know, if you're inking a cover over somebody, it's like, they're like, well, I just use my initials. And it's like, oh, crap, I've been signing my full name. It's like, oh, okay, nine letters later. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah, uh, so, yeah. All right, well, the main website that I have uh, lots of stuff on is my personal website, and that's uh, www.steg-art.com. I got that site there. Okay, I great. I can be found on Twitter at, uh, at Inkermark. I also have a uh, Facebook fan page that's uh, Mark Stegbauer, Artist of Stuff. All right. And um, I'm on Tumblr at Stegarts. I'm on Instagram, just my name. I'm all over the place. Too, too many things to post to now. It's like, oh, God, i got to post to this. I know. It's so much maintenance just to, just to have an online presence now. But it's but if you if you don't know, it's like people can't it's like, oh, well, I don't do Facebook or I don't do this. It's like, I just do this. It's like, oh, God. I know. It's like, how do they do that? I realize that their productivity is probably higher. But on the other hand, people might not know how to connect with them. And, the, and things like Twitter make fan connectivity so much easier. Like I was just talking about the new series, Lazarus. And because it's uh, issue three, it just, uh, I believe, came out Wednesday, last Wednesday, maybe, through Image Comics. And it's the new Greg Rucka book. And the artist on it, Michael Lark, um, ha- happened to catch the, something I said on Twitter. And he wrote back to me. And I was just like, I was like, whoa, dude. Like, because I, I don't even know him. I was just one of those one of those random things where I was surprised that people were bitching about the 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 physical design of the female character and it's just like are you freaking kidding she's spot on perfectly designed so he was just like oh yeah i didn't 
pay attention to the letters column yet because I'm busy working. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was awesome, you know. It's like you put out a tweet like that, and you know, lo and behold, the the powers that be respond to you most of the time. Yeah, I've had I've had a few brushes like that. I remember a few years ago I was just started you know I was first kind of on Twitter and following certain people and this and that and. I had and Bonnie Burton had done this great thing of talking about of uh, through John, with John Cusack when his Poe movie was coming out and it's like going like oh I'll have him be Edgar Allan Poe with other with other things and we had uh, I had tweeted something of like uh, doing of a uh, oh yeah of uh, Poe Point Blank and doing a uh, you know a dialogue from Gross Point Blank is like Edgar Allan Poe and something. And she retweeted that out, and John Cusack, like, you know, favorited it. I'm like, holy crap, you know. I was like, oh, dear God, you know. That's that awesome. Crazy. That is just absolutely nuts. All right, Mark. Well, thank you for, you know, all of your time today. And, well, you know. Thanks for, thanks for finally, you know. Finally, you know, yeah. Getting, finally getting there. <laughs> all right. And, like, um, I feel so bad that it's taken this long. It's, you know, life happens. Life happens. <laughs> People move and and that disrupts so much of life when you move. You know, bless your heart for for going through it and coming out in one piece. Yeah, I, I guess so. I'm I'm so, kind of I'm kind of done with this moving thing. Yeah, I know. I don't want to move for quite a while. I mean, I do, but I don't because I hate it here. But I I can't. I just don't want to move again. Can I just have someone else do all the crap for me? I'll yeah. just sit back and it's like, is it unpacked yet? Thank yeah, you. really. Uh, so, but thanks, say, you know, say say thank you to Jen too, so that uh, we, you know, I always appreciate when the families, you know, put up put up with <laughs> with all of the uh, commotion. Oh yeah, she's 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 awesome. She's the uh, best thing that's ever happened to me. So it's uh, it's good stuff. All right, of course you guys can follow me on Twitter at Elizabeth Amber and AmberUnmasked.com, and you know Facebook has a page called Amber Unmasked as well, and everywhere else. So. um uh, you can download this. Uh, I, I'm guessing if you're listening, hopefully you're listening through either iTunes or Stitcher or directly through the website. But if you are on one of those other apps like iTunes and Stitcher, I think they have feedbacks and ratings and comments and stuff. So, you know, let me know. Let me know what you think. And I will see everybody at Baltimore Comic Con. Cheers. <laughs>